This brand new episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. If you are looking for a place to teach your kids how to move correctly and exercise and get started on the right foot early in life to live a long, happy, healthy life, which we know is so important, this is the perfect place to go. Also, maybe they have a sport that they want to get into and they need to get acclimated and their body temperature rising and also movement, exercise and strength and agility and all that good stuff. Maybe they don't even have a sport and you just need to get them out there and move and be around other kids and socialize, but in a safe, clean environment. This is the absolute perfect place. I can't speak highly enough about sawed-off CrossFit kids and what they do. It's like personal training for your kids, but in a small group setting, and they learn so many things and don't even realize it through games, activities, and exercises. So hit them up if you're interested in something like that in the sawed-off CrossFit building on Harvey Road in College Station, Texas. Also, don't forget, we have coffee, two blends, the Weekend Getaway and the Summit View. They're both amazing, and try it out. Go to our website, 95adventures.com. That's nine, spelled out, 5adventures.com. Or the best way to do it, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Send us a message, and we will get that right out to you. This episode was so much fun. It is with Dixie Man. She is a rapper out of Utah. Just overall fascinating story. Had a lot of things going, then in the middle, decided to have children and start a family and all this other stuff and traveled all over the place, all over the world really, and lived in different places. Just just a fascinating story. I love every bit of it. Now she is starting her rap career, hip hop music career, I guess if you want to say, and her music's great. You have to go check it out. It's really good, and I'm so excited and happy that she came on, and I was, I, I'm inspired. Just hearing her story inspires me to do something more with what I'm given. So I will stop talking and let Dixie Man explain everything about what it's like to be a hip-hop artist and start out and pull the trigger on exciting new adventures. So please, everybody enjoy this really fun conversation with Dixie Man. Round two. Here we go again. Well, thanks, Dixie Man, for being on the podcast. My pleasure. This is awesome. Uh, like I was saying in the first one, I really, really enjoy your music a lot. It was really good. And you were saying, uh, I guess go ahead and explain for everybody when you started this whole music journey again. Okay. So music has actually always been a part of my life. Um, I my family sang a lot, you know, together when I was a kid in church and stuff. Um, when I started performing as an artist um, in bands, it was about 2006, I want to say. And uh, and then I got married in 2007 and started having babies shortly after that. Um, I have four kids so I kind of took a hiatus from music life for a while. And then when my youngest uh, was about 18 months old, I recorded the music that you just listened to. Um, and that was about 2017. So it's kind of been an ongoing thing. And uh, since I'm not a little baby factory anymore, I thought, oh, so I have energy (laughs) I can can record music again so yeah I kicked it up in gear again in uh, 
2017. Did you always know you were going to go back into making music again? Honestly, I thought, I like growing up, I always thought like, oh, I want to be a singer. I want to perform all over the world and do this and that. And then um, sort of in the culture I grew up in, women are sort of expected to, you know, marry, have kids, and make that be the main focus of your life, which is a good focus to have, but, um, so I thought, you know, yeah, I'll get married, I'll have kids, and this, this desire that I have to be a musician will die, (laughs) (laughs) and it will, it'll be replaced by children, and then I had all my children, and it was still there, like, still just as strong, um, so I was like, it's still there, like, I'm going to do something about it, because I kept trying to drown it out, and fight against it, and just focus on other things, but it, it was always there, and I, <laughs> I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, this is like a thing that I really need to do, because these voices inside my head are not going to shut up anytime soon, and I am a bit older um, to get started on this sort of a track, but it doesn't really matter. Um, age doesn't really matter. Like, so I, I mean, I have, I still have a lot of like mental barriers that I need to break down. Um, but I feel like the older I get, the gutsier I get because I feel like I'm running out of time kind of. So, yeah, I'm kind of rambling on now, but, um, yeah, it just, it's always been there. I tried to ignore it for a very long time, and it just never went away. So, I gave in. That is so, uh, it's such an awesome story. Like, did you did you ever record to the level that you're recording now, or? No, this is definitely, like, top, like, the quality and the production and stuff that I'm doing now is the best like the best I've ever done it's probably not my best vocal performance because I I am a trained singer like I can sing but most of my songs uh you listen to I'm rapping and I like rap is hard for some people and singing might be easier but I I'm kind of the reverse I feel like rap is really easy for me and singing is a bit more challenging. So I feel like vocally there's a lot more that I could do, but as far as like production and sound and quality of the um the recording is top notch. Yeah, no, it's really awesome and that's what, it seems like you've been doing this for so long and then to hear that you took this break from just even singing and then you got like the urge to come back to it again. And then it just jumps to this like crazy level is awesome. Like you don't normally hear about people like you'll hear about maybe once in a while. Like it's a rare outlier that somebody starts in something like the music industry or sports so late in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like I feel weird about it all the time. Like I said, I have a lot of mental barriers that I have to work through all the time that are like, you're too old. You're a mom. Like, knock it off. What are you thinking? 
like these are like all this is going on inside my head all the time and I just have to ignore it because no one is actually telling me like to my face anyway (laughs) people could be talking behind my back I have no idea and it's not my business but um no one is actually saying like hey you can't do this you're expired you know so it's like what the only thing that's really kept me from it is me yeah and uh, and so was it easy to get this recording stuff like was it easy to pursue this did you go seek something out like any i mean what what was your husband thinking at the time and your kids and family and all that when you decided like i think i want to give this a go and i want to be a rapper <laughs> so um what i did was i knew i wanted to get back in music and my husband knew that too like when we first started dating i was in a band and like he saw me perform and stuff so it's not like it was some big surprise he knew that this was a part of me um so when i told him like i want to record i want to like get going on this again he was like yeah you should you know he was 100 percent supportive so it was great that way and that's really the only way i've been able to accomplish it is because i have a super supportive spouse um but as far as like rapping goes i was just cooking in my kitchen and um the song my first song i recorded was machete I love it. I love that song. It's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics, you can tell that. Oh yeah, she definitely was in her kitchen when she started. Well, now that you now that you say that, I I watched the music video too, so it all makes sense now. Yeah, it all goes together. So I cook a lot. I like to. I like cooking. I do get burnt out on it occasionally, but. I like to cook. I cook most things from scratch. Like, I'm from Louisiana, so, like, food is everything. (laughs) It's like a religion. So, yeah, I was just standing in my kitchen, and, like, the hook for Machete came to me. It was like, put me in now, because I'm ready. (laughs) Watch me chop it, chop it up like a machete. And I was like, ooh, I like that. So I wrote it down, and then um, I was like, I need to record this. Like, where where do I even go to record I don't know so I I looked into like local local artists that had already had stuff produced and made and I contacted a few and I was referred uh to this guy named Chance and um I reached out to him I was like hey can you help me get the song recorded (laughs) I I thought for sure he's gonna be like what no like I only record professional artists like who are you? I don't even know who you are. But he was totally cool. He was like, yeah, of course. You know, come on down. So I made an appointment and I went to the studio. All I had at that point, I think, was the hook and that was it. So we worked on um, the beat together and then I went home and I wrote all of the verses for the rest of the song to the beat that we had. And then, um, yeah, and then I finished the song it took a few weeks in the studio and then like all the editing and stuff that chance does um 
and then I put it out there. So the, so that was the first time you ever decided to start rapping was because you were in the kitchen and you wrote that hook. Yeah, I mean, I le- I've always been a fan of like hip hop and rap music, but I I never like considered making it myself. But then yeah, that hook came and I was like this is like a rap song. Like mm-hmm. normally when like before rap the songs I were writing were more of like a like a rock blues kind of fusion sound. So when this came, yeah, it was like surprising. I was like, oh. And so and I, I tried it out and then going to the studio and like rapping into a microphone and hearing myself come back was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so weird. Um, but I was like, I'm actually pretty good. And then, you know, when I share the song, you know, with the world, I always get so much anxiety because I'm like, people are gonna hate this this is total garbage but every time I release a song like feedback is good um and you know family members are always always gonna tell you nice things about your songs but I'm getting this from like strangers I'm I've even had a few like professionals in the industry that seek out writers for you know ad space tv whatever like tell me that my song's could be very like commercial and really do well and all this stuff but so it's not just like oh my family and friends really like my music (laughs) like I have a wide broad spectrum of feedback coming in and I was like oh okay so machete was received well so I just keep writing stuff and putting it out there and it's super fun like I love I love the creative process it's just birthing a song like I look at my song as like my little babies um that I'm actually having a hands-on experience creating and then they're born into the world it's a really fun process and I I was gonna ask you about how scary it was I mean you kind of like touched on that but when you throw something out there into the world like that especially in the industry because it's a very polarizing industry the rap hip-hop uh, I had a producer on here, uh, Majestic Drama. I had him on the podcast, and, it, and he talked about the same thing. It's it's super polarizing being in the hip hop industry. Like it's it's crazy. Like it's almost like a slam culture sometimes. Um, but you're st- like, so you almost I wouldn't say you have to be good because if you're not good, nobody will know. But once you start off good, it's like oh boy, and then the next one has to be good, and the next one has to be good. And, and then you release it into the world and everybody can hear it and everybody can judge your art at that point. Yeah, it's really nerve-wracking. Like, I, I feel super uncomfortable every time I am about to release a song. <laughs> and it, again, it's like, it's all in my head. Like, like I said, like the only thing that stops me is me. So I kind of ignore, like, all the anxiety and kind of breathe through it. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, YOLO, just get it out there. It'll be fine. Do you ever, do you find, like, a sense of adrenaline, almost like an adrenaline rush when you do pull the trigger and you post it and it's like, I mean, you release it into the world? Oh, totally. It's like, have you ever been pulled over by a cop? Yes. 
you know that feeling you get like your gut drops and you get really cold and then you get really hot like instantly that's how it feels like what's the song release because you when you put a song out everything's digital now so when you're distributing a song it's you put it in the queue to be released and you know when it's going to come out there's like this date and it keeps getting closer and closer and closer and then it comes out at midnight on that date and like every time at midnight I get on and like see if everything went through and it's on all the little digital platforms and everything's okay and then I'm like (gasps) it's out there but nobody because it's midnight nobody really knows and then like the next morning comes and people are listening to your song and yeah like I have that little feeling like I'm being arrested (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you being arrested, <laughs> and you just get off. Like you're like, yes, I got off. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, they like it. Yeah. <laughs> Do your kids get super excited when you have a new song come out? Oh yeah, they love it because I, I play it in the car like when we're driving around, because the the process of like getting a song produced carries on for you know quite a few weeks and i'll get like version one version two version da, 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 da. and i'm listening to these over and over again in the car to to you know find the flaws find the stuff that works really well i'm like dissecting it all the time so i'll listen to it over and over again with the kids and uh, they kind of are used to the process now they're like mommy is this a song you're working on and they get they get really excited and they learn the lyrics, you know, they learn the lyrics better than than I know the lyrics to my own song. That's It's really cute. Do you get tired of listening to your own song at that point? Like, and do you nitpick it to the point where, is there anybody who tells you like, okay, this is actually good, you're seeing all the tiny flaws, we need to just release this? Um, I'm pretty, I don't know. I mean, I, I do get pretty nitpicky, but not obsessively I feel like my producer Chance is probably a lot more nitpicky than I am because he's got this incredible ear that can hear things that only dogs hear you know (laughs) (laughs) he's amazing Um, but I like I just want to make sure the song um, pulls pulls people in and takes you for a ride and a ride that you want to stay on until it's over because sometimes you can listen to a song and like forget it's even there because it just kind of like you know it just kind of dissipates and doesn't really go anywhere so if I feel like my song has motion movement is going somewhere like the lyrics are good the beat is amazing it's got all the ear candy in it then I'm pretty happy with it and ready to let it loose. That's so, I love that mentality. I love that mentality of just being able to pull the trigger. (laughs) Have you always been like that? Like, have you always had that sort of thing growing up as a kid? Like, um, yeah, like a risk taker kind of mindset. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because I married someone who's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) so we balance each other out pretty good um yeah like I I it probably started 
like in my youth, um, I grew up in Louisiana and then my family decided to move us to Idaho, like when I was 14. And if you have ever been to Louisiana and Idaho, you know that they're like two different planets. Like it's a whole nother world. So at a pretty impressionable age, I experienced a great deal of shock, really. Like that's the best way I can describe it. Like all my friends were gone. The culture I knew and was comfortable with was gone. Like the landscape I was used to was gone. <laughs> like the oxygen in the air was gone. <laughs> I could barely breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and the weather the weather everything's di- like that i don't know that you can get m- more contrast yeah it was it was really it really shook me but it also changed me in a huge way so like ever since then i've i became more of a risk taker like more um I don't know, brave, I guess, because I it made me less fearful of change and doing things differently and thinking differently. Um, and it, I don't know, I kind of became an addict, honestly, because like by the time I turned 18, I was like, I'm out of here, you know, I'm going to university, I'm paying for it by myself, I don't care what happens, like I'm going. And I didn't really have like a solid plan, I just did it. And then um, my... I did like a study abroad while I was there. Like I went, I took off to New Zealand again, like hardly knew anything about the country or what was going on (laughs) down there. Just went, had a great time. And then, um, my husband, he's from another country. He's English. And, uh, that is like a huge risk too. marrying someone from a, another country who grew up completely different than the way I did and I just dove into that as well we lived in Australia together for the first year of our marriage which was a country neither of us were from and I just dove straight into that and then uh, we lived there for like a year and then decided to move to his home country just dove straight into that like I dove straight into having kids everything is just kind of just dive jump right in and figure it out as you go it's so like that's crazy how does it come about where you just moved to Australia so he it, it was him more than me he was in the states as a student so he was on a student visa and um, his student visa was running out and we weren't married or even thinking about marriage at the time we were just dating and he didn't want to go back home so he decided to move to Australia because he had a sister down there so he had someone to stay with while he figured out what he was going to do so he wound up living with his sister for a while and then while he was in Australia we decided we should get married so he came back to the states we got married and then we both went back to Australia together so it was his sister it was a sister connection that's this is insane so you you've lived so many it's pretty cool that you like 
feel like there's two different ways it could have gone for you. At 14, and I, like I have daughters, so I know, like I see what goes on in middle school. I know the savagery that girls have. Like I grew up, boys are different. They take care of each other, slap themselves in the head, you know, whatever. Girls, it's a whole warfare that goes on or can go on. It's insane. And, uh, and so there's, it's a crazy time. And I feel like there's two different ways it could have gone. You, you always hear stories and like, you could have been this troubled youth past, you know, you, you know what I mean? You could have gone down a different area and instead you chose to like, Oh, I kind of like this. I'm going to embrace this part. And I'm going to, not only that, I'm going to level it up. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It could have gone either way for sure. Like that is such a fragile time for kids. That 14 to to 18 really. The whole the whole that whole section of your life is like it could just burn and crash any any moment. What so, so yeah. did you have any of that angst and stuff then? Like was it was that something that you were upset that you had to move to Idaho at that time frame and leave your friends? Or was it kind of like your family's pretty salt, like you were pretty close with everything and you're just, eh, we'll just roll with it? It was a little bit of both. Like I was definitely sad to leave all my friends, but I was also excited to, you know, experience a different place and you know that I really didn't know a ton about my mom is from Idaho and my dad is from Louisiana so that's kind of like where the 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 correlation is um so I like I've heard about Idaho from my mom like she grew up on a farm and she would always tell all these stories about farm life (laughs) like (laughs) so I had this whole picture of Idaho is like it's just farms and cows and potatoes you know <laughs> what can go wrong <laughs> what can go wrong <sighs> well so th- you've had this like this thing and then you played in a band and i just i'm fascinated with the fact that you started like you took this leap when you're older to become something somebody in a young area and be so good at it yeah, I know. It's weird. I love it. Like it's it, it gives like inspiration to anybody who wants to like me for instance, if I have anything that I want to do or try. Well, what's my excuse? You you're over here recording rap songs and putting them <laughs> out. Like what's my excuse for not trying? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I definitely had like that's the thing. I had a bajillion excuses and I feel like that's why it took me so long to just let go of all that like it took me you know being in my 30s to be like it's actually okay to do what you want just do it (laughs) you know and do it while you still care about it because that was the other part I was like if I keep waiting like and I like it could have gone either way so like if I kept waiting and putting it off I would either stop caring about it because, you know, you just get old and tired and you only have the capacity to care about so many things. Like, so it would either just die or I would never stop caring about it. And then I would become 
super old and unable and I don't know, whatever life, life just happens and things happen and you just don't know. So I was like, this is it. Like, this is really kind of it. You know, I can do it now while I still have the energy, while I still care, while I still want to do it. Or I can keep waiting and waiting and waiting like I have my whole life (laughs) and uh, just have all these regrets for not even trying. So um, that was kind of like the conversation I was having in my head. And I just chose to give it a try, like even if, you know, it wasn't received well and my songs were horrendous and I was an absolute joke in the studio then I would know, you know? But if I never did it at all, I would just keep wondering, you know, what would that hit a, what would that have been like if I went for it, you know? And I would rather know and just get it over with and, like, jump that hurdle and find out <laughs> than to just sit and wonder. And it's, it really is, like, a beautiful thing to be able to do that. Like to be able to go in there and record and and it's let it go into the world in such a vulnerable situation, like it's awesome. I, I I'm I'm sitting here going like, man, what what else can I do? She's talking and I'm like, what else? What can I do? I can do what more. What are you thinking? What are you gonna do? <laughs> well, I already. I mean, so the podcast kind of started that way. Like all the. I kind of live that way anyway. I'm I'm a little bit like that where I'm like I got an idea. I think I can make it work. Um, but it's it is super scary. It's super scary to be very vulnerable where you're putting. I mean, mine's on a super small level. Yours is on a much higher level because I'm just having a conversation with another person. Like you're writing a song, you're coming up with lyrics um, in a pop culture world where everything's changing constantly, and. Yeah. And then you got to make it sound good. Then you got to perform and like the whole deal. So there's more behind that. But the vulnerability of putting something that you've created out in the world, there's just something magical about like, like when you're saying you release it and you're like, it's done. I'm going to find out one way or the other. I'm going to find out and I'm going to get it over with. Uh, I don't know. And this, this is one thing that I've, I've constantly wondered is, what is it that holds what is it that makes it so hard like what is that thing inside you that says don't do that like protect that don't that's unsafe and what is it that like makes you want to pull that trigger and makes some people not want to pull the trigger like why do some people hold back they can be they can be super talented and just not want to give it a try I honestly, I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. Um, so one is fear, obviously. And another is ego, like your ego protecting itself. Like, what if everyone thinks you're an idiot? You know, then I'm, I'm going to suffer. My ego is going to be damaged. And so your ego will like hold you back from a lot of that. And then the other thing is just is pride, which ties in quite heavily with ego. Like pride can keep you from all kinds of life experiences, like thinking that um, 
I don't know. I don't know. If I was a super proud person, which I am, by the way, I have buttloads of pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that keep me in all in all kinds of messes. Um, but there's another there's another side to pride where you're like too proud to be vulnerable. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense because you do need to be. I mean, being proud of it, you wouldn't create things if you weren't proud. Like, it's nice to sit back and enjoy. Like, we just built a little sunroom on the back of our house, and when you're building it and you get done, you're like, "I'm pretty. I'm proud of that. It looks good. When it looks good, you're like, when it finishes and it's nice, you go, "Yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of what we just did." Yes, and that's a good, healthy pride because you should you should be proud of like an accomplishment you just made or a creation you just made. There's another side of pride where you're like, I'm too proud to put myself out there. Like I, this is who I am. Like this is how I'm viewed in the community. And I am too proud of this image to change it in any sort of way. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It kind of, it might be more ego than pride, but I think I think ego is rooted in fear usually and it kind of keeps you from exploring different parts of yourself or trying things you've never tried before because it's not safe and you might look like a fool and it's just, I don't know, what makes me pull the trigger usually is the question, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love the, I love the thought process too of it's the who cares the well if everybody thinks it stinks I'd rather just get it over with now like if it stinks at least I know like at least I have this answer exactly. one way or the other I'm not I think it would how terrible would it be to just sit back and, and have that rap song in the kitchen and that hook and then never do anything with it and be like. You know, I had a pretty cool song once. You know, I wonder where it could have gone. You know, when you're older and that dreams are like everything's fade away and you're not going to act on it. Exactly. It's like it's it's good to know. Like if you have an idea and it's bubbling away in your mind, like it's it's in there for a reason. Like share it. <laughs> Get it out there, whatever it is, explore it, look into it like follow it and just see where it goes and at least you know yeah it's like knowing it's curiosity right like be curious about yourself be curious about the world be curious about your ideas and just see see where they go instead of ignoring them and then wondering you know years down the road what if yeah that would be that would be torturous Mm -hmm. i think so too what's the have you performed? I saw some some pictures like where you've performed live. Do you like tour? Do you like go around just local in the state right now in the town? How's how's all that working? I'm very local right now. I don't have like a massive following where people in other states are like, "Get over here, we want to hear your music." I don't have that going for me yet. Like most of my listeners are right here where I am. Um, so yeah, it's mostly just local right now. 
It's mostly just local. Where have you performed there? Just like local lo- local clubs and stuff. Do you open for people, or is it like a set show where they get you? You you go there. It's been really random. So, a lot of my listeners are female, and they're close to my age, sort of same um, life period, raising kids, and that. I feel I feel like my songs feel empowering to them. So I've been invited to a few like women empowerment events um where there's speakers and like yoga and meditation and stuff like that. <laughs> and and then I come in like raps. <laughs> <laughs> like my song lady that has a very strong message of um like body image and viewing your body as a as a vessel to to do good or to you know improve the world around you instead of like something to be looked at um as an ornament you know what i mean yeah so i think a lot that that song resonates with a lot of women. So that's the one they request a lot, like when I'm going to these all women events. And then other venues I've been like I've I've been I've done a couple clubs and I'm usually just in a lineup with a bunch of other local rappers. Um What's that like? What's that it's, like with your colorful hair and you're getting ready and here's this mom of four like, hey guys. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I definitely stand out because one, <laughs> not just because this is the way I look, but also my song, like a, my songs. A lot of rappers get up there and they're like, F this, F that, like. You're a fine bitch, you know, like just all that, like typical rap content and mine's totally different like I just rap about other things and uh, I usually bring a crew of backup dancers with me too so that kind of sets my performances apart as well because I have a line of backup dancers behind me um, and most locally anyway I know it's pretty common like on for like international acts you know like huge stars most of them have like a whole production which I would like to get to at some point (laughs) um but like local not very many people bring backup dancers to their shows and I do and we're usually in in some kind of matching costume and I'll have like a wig on mainly just because I don't have time to do my hair (laughs) I have kids all over me (laughs) Well, that no, that's a super cool look though. Like it fits perfectly. When I saw, I was like, dude, this it just keeps getting more legit as it goes. <laughs> like, what a cool little personality! And then your little Instagram videos on top of it are hilarious. Oh, thanks. Like the one of you walking through the airport, like I don't think it could have been more fitting to describe like the way you're like that whole post and going into 2020. Now looking back on it, it's even funnier. Oh my gosh! I know. I somebody commented on it. It's like I posted it at the beginning of the year, 
and someone commented on it recently and they were like oh if only we knew <laughs> what he thought he was gonna be like and i was like you're right i'm gonna have to make a exiting 2020 video where i'm like crawling across the floor <laughs> yeah, back. so is that is that put a halt like a slowdown when did when did get it in the bag come out like when did you record that it just released right yeah i got it in the bag released um august 25th so we started recording that earlier in the year when things were still pretty normal and then as production was going on like things just kept getting more and more nuts and then the song came out in august whenever it when it was in like full-blown crazy town 2020 (laughs) but yeah that one we started earlier and then as time went on things just got more and more nuts but i guess the main difference between this year and last year is that i like i haven't had any shows i haven't had any live shows and that's pretty common for most artists right now like there there's just no live shows <laughs> which is sad because I felt like I got quite a bit of momentum going last year um I was invited to several different events to perform and then this year it was like nothing so that was kind of depressing yeah do you feel do you I was gonna ask if you feel like maybe you're better suited to handle some of this than the artists are just be like somebody who's younger who's put all their chips in this basket immediately versus you who've already gone through like you started with a dream then you like your dreams and goals change and you had a family and it's on the back burner and then all of a sudden you're like okay let's do it again and then you make it happen the way you did so you're kind of like used to dealing with adversity and setbacks yeah i don't know i don't know because i feel like when you're young you don't have as much fear and there's not as much on the line either you know because it's especially if you're single it's just you like you can put 110 percent into whatever you're doing and you don't have to you know balance it out with family and husband and responsibilities and all that stuff so I maybe maybe there's more pressure on a younger person because they really I and I don't know because I it's hard to it's say different. yeah it's hard to say like it's different for everybody but I am at like if somebody wants to do it as a career and they're a younger person yeah maybe they put more pressure on themselves because it's like this is the time you know and for me it's it's difficult because I have so many responsibilities that are pulling me in all sorts of different directions and so it's it's hard to focus on my music for like an extended period of time like I kind of have to compartmentalize my life like okay this is music time like I have one hour today to write a song like (laughs) and that's it you know like everything is really like I have to be super duper organized. So I guess in that respect, um, it's harder for me just because of time. Like I don't have all the time in the world to focus on music. But as far as like, I don't know, like pursuing it as a career, 
I might feel a little bit more relaxed because I do have a family and I have support and like, and my family also isn't depending on me to, you know, reach superstardom, you know, like I don't have that pressure on me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of it that way. But then when you explain it, I love the way you explained it because it actually touched to like the way any grown adult with a family that's, you know, busy and doing things involved is thinking like time management is a must. You have to have to you have to manage the time. Yeah, because people always will go like, I don't know how you do it. And it's like, well, it really isn't that hard. I've kind of done it. You get used to time management and to like prioritizing things and you're like, well, you can just make it happen. Just put it in this time slot. But (laughs) (laughs) there it is. There it is. That's why it made this so fun. Like today I'm like so frustrated because it seemed like so many things were happening, knocking me off of that little schedule. I'm like, okay, I got to roll with the punches, which I'm pretty good at, but I'm, you know, I've got another person and they're probably busy and I've got to get, and then it's just one thing after another that sets it back. So when I'm late, I get really like, I don't, I kind of get upset at myself like, oh, you should have planned that out better. <laughs> yeah. But well, there's only so much planning you can do. You know, you plan so that you can feel relaxed and move forward and make sure everything happens. But then life happens. But the plan is still there, you know, so you can weave in and out of the structure as it works for your day, you know, with kids, like so many things can happen in a day with children. You just never. But going back, so writing is something very like specific. So, I mean, it's people can think all the time like, oh, that's easy to do. I can do that. I can do this. Your mind has to be in a certain place a lot of times, like. And then it has to be, you have to be flowing a lot of times, I would imagine. Like it needs to be in a rhythm, just like your song, your words come out in a rhythm and you need to be in that that place focused. Is it difficult to go from like, okay, I've got to decide whether they're going to go to school today, who's got their lunches, what's happening here, and now I have to write a song. <laughs> it's different every time. Like we talked about Machete. Machete for me came while I was doing something else. Like, I wasn't sitting down and writing a song. I was making dinner. So I had to stop making dinner for a second, write down my ideas, and then carry on making dinner. And then when I had time again, I picked up the song again and finished writing it. Other times, and this is how it is um, more often for me now, now that this has become like a more regular part of my life, is where I'll schedule time, like songwriting time. This is the time <laughs> you sit down and write a song. And whether it's there or not, it doesn't matter. You have to just go at it because this is the time. So, and, and sometimes it is flowing and sometimes it's really hard. It's like squeezing water out of a rock. Like I have to really really strive for it and other times it just flows so it just depends on the day and like what's going on but I listened to the book um it's called The War of Art oh I love that book have you listened to that it's It's the best book it really is awesome 
No, I need to listen to it again because he goes on and on and on about resistance. And I love what he said about like um, just setting up the, and this is kind of like why I've morphed into this, like setting a time for songwriting because the author, and I can't remember his name right Stephen now. Stephen Pressfield. Thank you. <laughs> um, so he, he mentioned like you have to set up your workspace you have to set the time aside and you go to work because he's a he's a writer you know like I don't write books I write freaking songs they last for three minutes if I sang a book it would last for like a week (laughs) (laughs) so he he is very diligent about setting his time aside to sit down and do the work and it doesn't matter like what you're feeling, if you're feeling inspired or not, it doesn't matter. You just have to set that time aside and do the work. And uh, and the inspiration or whatever will come, it will become a more regular thing because you are more regularly seeking for it. So that, that kind of set me on this track that I'm on now of just setting the, making the time. Isn't that, it's such a crazy idea, and I'm sitting here thinking about, like, you probably write down songs that are like, oh, that's, that's not going to work. Like, you get done, and you write down a song, you're like, I don't like, I don't like those lyrics, like, and trash them. Just, like, Stephen Pressfield probably starts writing a book, and he'll get so far, and go, no, that's, this doesn't work, this isn't right. But, all of that, it's like, reps, over, like, the more reps you get, the more reps you get, eventually, that one good one is going to be there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is. It is just like fitness. It really is because creativity is a muscle. The more you use it, the more powerful it becomes. The more quickly flow will come because you're 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 open to it and you're ready to receive it. And that channel between you and inspiration, you know, wherever you think it comes from, I think it comes from God. Um, that channel between you and the inspiration source just gets stronger. It turns into like a super highway the more and more that you use it. And I found that to be true in my work. Like it's so much easier to crank a song out now because because of discipline. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, if you want to go religion in that sense and whether you're religious or not, the parable of the talents is a perfect example of any of that because you have you know the guys that went and used their talents and made more out of it and then a guy that squashed his talent and he was chastised by his owner because he didn't use the talents that were given to him yep yeah so it's i mean whether you're religious or not doesn't really matter that holds true for anything if you've got a talent the only way it gets better is to put more time in and more effort and it doesn't mean you're going to be great. You're not going to become rich from investing if you start small. But eventually, you're going to learn how the process works. You're going to learn how writing works. You're going to learn how anything, whether I was in action sports, any sort of trick. If you want to do a trick on rollerblades, a skateboard, a bicycle, it takes so many falls and wrecks and effort and practicing to get that one thing. But then you get it and it's almost like, Oh, I can do this every time now. Like the more you do it and the more you keep that in there, the better you get over time. But if you don't ever do it, if you stop, 
then it kind of goes away. It like slides back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what advice, like what, if somebody comes up to you, like, or somebody's talking to your kids or whatever, and they're asking like what you think they should do in situations or anybody who's thinking about like they're, they've got it in their head, man, I really, I think I could be this. And they ask you about it. Do you have any advice you can give them from your experiences in this, in this to like help them out? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it might be kind of a weird question now that I think about asking it, but I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are just needing, some people just need a nudge. Yeah, I, I guess what I would say, and it's so hard to give like general advice because when you're talking to someone face to face, you kind of get a feel for them and you can kind of sense, you know, what they, what they need at that time. Um, so it's hard to give generalized advice, but I'll try. So I guess what I would say is um, don't take it so seriously. You know, if you're trying to create something new that doesn't exist, like just, I don't know, don't attach so much value to it. It is valuable and the world does need it, but don't don't take it as part of you <laughs> like, I'm like emotion it's like emo- yeah like don't don't like put a ton of emotion into it there's another sorry i'm just quoting all these books but there's another book i read it's called big magic and in the beginning of the book um the author talks about uh demons or daemons and um how back i don't know she referenced a time period but i can't remember what it is she said um, that artists used to believe that the demons, and it is not like demons like we think of them now, like the evil, wicked little Satan spirit. It was more like a like a muse type of a spirit. Anyway, back in the day, people believed that the the the, the demons that visited them were the ones that had the ideas and so it separated your work from yourself does that make sense yeah so the whatever it was you were creating it was given to you by another source a daemon and they want and it's now your responsibility to bring it into the world and i like that because it separates me and my ego from my work and it because I I look at it as like it's not mine it's not a part of me it's separate and I can send it out there and it's not going to hurt me because it's not me (laughs) that's really I like explaining it that way is perfect because uh, so many people who are great in business they're passionate about being business owners but they're not emotionally attached it doesn't define them is like this business, if it fails, it doesn't define them. That's why they can go at it. And I think that's part like talking about now looking back on what we were just talking about even where pulling the trigger and being able to handle that. It's that losing that little emotional connection between feeling like that's you. Like this is, that's you. That's like if I fail this, I failed as a human. No, you just failed that thing. Like that has nothing to do with you like at all yeah. as a human. 
Exactly. And an- another thing I refer back to a lot is like some of my favorite artists and musicians. If you look at some of the first things that they released into the world, they're really not that great. <laughs> they're not that <laughs> impressive. But if you look at something they're doing now, it will blow your freaking mind. Like you'll see like all the growth that came. Like we shouldn't expect so much from ourselves like perfection straight out of the gate that doesn't happen and it's unrealistic to put that sort of pressure on yourself so yeah mine is just like just get it done put it out there and move on like (laughs) because your next song or business or um action sport trick whatever you're working on is going to be even better than the last one and, and yeah, and if you're detached from it emotionally, it gets easier and easier to just put more stuff out there. And it gets better and better and better. Like, even authors do the same. Like, their first book, eh, it was all right. Next book, oh, my gosh, it's even better. Now, it doesn't always go that way. Some people do a flop. <laughs> so, it, it's, not, it's not a foolproof equation. <laughs> but maybe the process for them got easier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe... So, yeah, just baby steps, dive in, go for it. Just try. I've been saying that yeah. a lot lately. Just just try. Like, that's all you got to do is just keep trying. It's little, like little tiny, little tiny victories, and you'll make it. I just, I love, I want other people to do what you've done. It's such a cool story. Like, it Thank really you. is. It really is awesome. Let everybody, so let everybody know your new song that's out what you have coming up, if anything, in the future, and where they can find all of your stuff. Okay. So the latest song I released is called I Got It In The Bag, and I actually worked on that with a friend. Her name is Benz. She's another local artist here. And uh, so she was a a big part of that whole process, too. It's not all me, not that one. Um, And... You can listen to that song on all digital music platforms. So iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to music on, it's there. And uh, I'm planning on releasing an EP in October, if everything goes well. And uh, that will just be like all my songs that I already have released, plus one new one that's not released. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also planning on releasing music videos for each of those songs. So that will be fun. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm just at Dixie Man, D-I-X-I-E-M-A-N-N. And on Facebook, I'm Dixie Man Music. So you can find me on either one of those. And... I post funny videos sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then YouTube, same name, right? Yep. YouTube is just Dixie Man. If you just look for Dixie Man on YouTube, you, you should be able to find all my music videos on there. They're well put together. They're super professional and they're awesome. Like I love. Thank that, you. I love that the kids are in them. I love that it's... This is what... I'm going to go off like I was going to end the podcast and now I got something else in my head. But... It's it's really cool to have it's kind of like Christian music, okay? Most Christian music is terrible. It's not good. It's not like catchy to listen to. It really isn't, right? 
But so like rap, you're saying you don't have all the cuss words. It's something your kids can listen to, but it's also awesome at the same time. Like you've mixed both worlds. Usually those things don't mix. Like if you're like, they go, oh man, that guy's cheesy. The beat's cheesy. The lyrics are cheesy. It doesn't work. Yours works. And it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's like a, that's a writing challenge. Like that's (laughs) hard. (laughs) Like to make a clean rap song that isn't dorky. Yes. It's tricky. It's very, very hard. Tribe Called Quest could do it. I love Tribe Called Quest. They're my favorite. Yes, they're awesome. Um, I guess Will Smith can do it. Even though they're still dorky, he still does it. And it works. Yeah. Well, Will Smith really can't do any wrong, can he? <laughs> I guess not. But it really is a hard thing. Like, I remember, I, I can just tell a story and ramble, but it's, MXPX is one of my favorite bands of all time. I was a little punk rock kid, right? Hip-hop and punk rock. I love the attitude, the mentality, the out-of-the-box thinking stuff. And I remember my mom used to go to the Christian bookstore all the time, and I used to be like, oh, I don't want to go here and look at the figurines and how many different Bibles there are on the bookshelf as a kid, right? (laughs) So they had this little thing you could play music on, the latest music that came out. And I would always go in there and push on it and just change the music like this. It's terrible, 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 terrible. And I wasn't allowed to listen to anything growing up, super strict. And all of a sudden, MXPX was there one day on Tooth and Nail Records. And I pushed on it and I heard this and my mind was blown. I was like, (laughs) what is this that I'm hearing in my ear right now? And that like started a whole different punk rock journey for me during that musical experience. But... They were good. Like, they were the outlier, and they were good in a, in a genre or in an area where nobody was to that level. So I kind of put your music in that. Like, I was really I was really pleasantly surprised at how awesome it was. Aaron, thank you so much. <laughs> this really means so much to me because, you know, I put time into this stuff. And to hear personally from someone that has put it to that level, like, it's really flattering. Thank you. Well, I hope you get I hope you get all the listeners and followers. I hope your career just skyrockets. So, uh, anything I'll repost everything. I'll get as many people as I can to repost it. I just want to see it go because it's awesome. I love it. Thank you. You're so kind. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for being on. No problem. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And thank you to Dixie Man for being on. I can't express this was awesome. I had a great time. Don't forget to like, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And share, share, share. If you liked what you heard, you like Dixie Man, you like the podcast, whatever it is, share it on all your social media sites. It really does mean the world to us. And until the next episode, see ya.